My name is Roger, sir. May I be of some help? That's funny. My name is Roger. Two Rogers don't make a right. <laughs> Roger, I have a problem. Yes. I've been in L.A. for three months now. I have money, I have taste. But I'm not on anybody's A-list, and Saturday night is the loneliest night of the week for me. Well, a Ferrari would certainly change that. Perhaps. Hmm. But you know, this is the one. Yes, yes, yes. I saw three of these parked outside the local Starbucks this morning, which tells me only one thing. There's too many self-indulgent wieners in this city with too much bloody money. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back at the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up to their best stuff in the past. I'm Tristan and I just prevented a beer from falling on the little console thing there. That's a positive spin on what you did. I'm Greg. Because <laughs> you just, you like, you you knocked your own beer over. But then I caught but it. saved it. Yeah. And you you took away from that that you saved a beer from, and I like that. Well, I did. Yeah, you I did. I put it in danger in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like that you've admitted that. I'm like that. I'm like when Michael Jackson saved his own baby when he dangled it out of the hotel window. Mm, the baby's half alive, and that's where the similarities end, mm-hmm. for better or worse. Absolutely, mm. it's a, it's a Wednesday pod, an old fashioned Wednesday pod. Ah, another week, another movie. Gone in sixty seconds. Gone in sixty seconds. We thought we had to, you know, we we swung left last week with a, a maybe more of a female skewed classic with Romeo and Juliet with the wives and we had to do, hang a right back into not quite lap pack town but certainly masculine town some, some masculine town of hey, some sort the masculine should, district yeah out down and forth <laughs> yeah should we um should we quickly give a an RIP to the to the tragic passing of Quindon Tava man that was weird it was a little eerie wasn't it we obviously covered him you know in a reasonable amount of by our standards death yeah. Last week for his, um, you know, important input into the Romeo and Juliet film. Yeah, yeah. And the poor guy died in a car crash, like, what, on the, the day after The that? day after. Far out, man. Heavy. Scary time, eerie timing. Um, yeah. But, but a tragic end, like you're 38 years old. It's, that's my age for another couple of weeks. And I'm looking this guy up in preparation for that episode and it looks like he's about to, I mean, I'm saying he's mm. destined for a huge comeback. But he was he was kind of mm. back doing things again. Yeah, after a, a few rough, a rough yeah. period. Like he was recently in Australia de- performing at Vivid, doing Baz Luhrmann stuff. And yeah, that's yeah, that's so, cool. Yeah, heartbreaking. It's, it's very heartbreaking. And DMX, we're waiting for DMX to pull through. Another person we talked about last episode. Yeah. By all reports, Paul Rudd is doing okay, which is a relief. Yes, it is, and a happy birthday to the great. And yeah, and happy birthday, yeah, yeah. and everyone else we talked about seems to be okay. But those yeah. two, fuck, heavy. Yeah, that was heavy. So, best wishes for everyone we discussed today. Obviously, in gone in sixty seconds, two thousand. Tristan, we're pushing the envelope on the eighties and nineties. We're pushing. I mean, I think as long as it's twenty years old, yeah, we're good. Yeah. We've done yeah. 2000 once before with um, Memento. Space Odyssey. What? What? <laughs> oh, Memento, yes. Yeah, Memento. But, yeah, 2000, quite a year. I was in year 11. I guess you were at uni. First year? That's right. How exciting. Last year. Um, First of last year. Yeah, 2000 was a bumper carnival 
Carnival. Carnival. Ah, nice. nice. <laughs> Great Carnival. Yeah, I had a good time. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah. It was a it was a glorious year. <laughs> Let me throw back. Uh, look, there were many highlights. Mm-hmm. Many won't be relevant to people beyond me <laughs> in my memory. But one event captured the heart and minds of all global citizens, the Sydney Olympic Games. Oh, yeah. I, heard I got of my wrong there. They're like the Expo 88 of 2000. It's exactly, it's almost, look, some people will tell you it was a bigger event, yada, yada. No Brisbane Expo, no Sydney Games. Let me just leave it at that in terms right. of the comparison. We yeah, don't okay. want to, it's like comparing God and Jesus Right. Biggie and Tupac. <laughs> I was trying to keep it on the Easter theme. Yeah. Uh, so, look, I thought I would just, you know, breeze over a couple of the highlights of the Games, just tap into a few member berries yeah. of the Sydney Olympic Games that happened in Sydney over the course of two weeks. I missed the whole thing. You did? Yeah, in my Singapore dad, or something? So my dad lived overseas most of my life and he was living in Holland at this point. Oh, for sure, actually. Yeah, it was cheap to fly out of Sydney, so I, I went during the... <laughs> oh, man. Well, I guess you were probably underage. No, but it was fucking... Uh, everything I heard was is really fucking cool, even if you're underage, because there was just all this shit on you could go and to. The whole city was a proper carnival yeah. for multiple weeks. People were dancing in the street. Yeah. People were dancing on public track. It was a lot of dancing. Pop-up bars everywhere. That's what I heard, yeah. Every, uh, it was Shame. glorious. Yeah. Kathy. Yeah. Kathy won. Thorpey. Thorpey probably won. Yeah, we we smashed the Americans like guitars. <laughs> we'll dig there. Eric the Eel. Oh, yeah. From Equatorial Guinea. Hammered out that 100k, 100 metre, 100 100 metre freestyle. Oh, you know, there was other things. <laughs> Was it the fat ass wombat? Oh, yeah. The unofficial mascot of the 2000 games by Sirs Roy's and HG's. Yeah. Uh, you know, Memories. a lot of people will say it was the uh, best Olympic Games ever. I think Sir uh, Juan Antonio Samaranch certainly did when he made his closing address to the Olympics as IOC president. Therefore, I am proud and happy to proclaim that you have presented to the world the best Olympic Games ever. Does he say that at every nope. Olympics? He sure. doesn't. Certainly not. Mm, okay. Not bad. Big you for movies. Was it? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, was in, I was probably in more in pubs in this year. I was in movies all the time. That's yeah. all I could do. This is your prime movie going age potentially. I probably saw all of these at the cinema. So the top ten in 2000. The number one movie in the world, Mission Impossible 2. The number two movie in the world, Gladiator. Ah, great film. Number three, Castaway. Number four, What Women Want. (laughs) Seen that a few times. That movie. Women will like what I tell them to like. (laughs) Number five, Dinosaur. I don't know what that is. We'll never know. Number six, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Number seven, Meet the Parents. Number eight, The Perfect Storm. Number Good. nine, X-Men. Oh. That was that was kind of the birth of a certain era of superhero films, I oh, suppose. Big, oh, totally. Yeah, number ten, What Lies Beneath. Me, myself and Irene. Romeo must die. Oh. Her brother were out there. 
Right. Dude, where's my car? All yeah. the classics. <laughs> Potentially. Aaron Brockovich, which was on every flight for the next five years, it seems. Keep going. But coming in at number 15 was this very film we're talking about this evening, 1967. I thought it might have made top 10 if I had to guess. I was wondering. If it was an A or B, A, yes, B, no. Maybe domestically, US, maybe. Mm, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps. Again, we'll never know. We'll never, never know. Uh, came out in June of 2000, budget of $100 million roughly. There's some varying numbers mm, out Big there. number. Gross of $237.2 million. It is a big number, isn't it, actually, the budget? It is a As big As we get into the 2000s, I guess that's also when the budgets start to grow exponentially. Well, as soon as you say there's a, there's a car chase. Oh, yeah. oh, a real oh, one. Here we go. Break out the checkbook, am I right? <laughs> oh. Now, Rotten Tomatoes is interesting here. Critic score of 26%. <laughs> Audience score of 77 Oh, yeah? This may be. What was the movie we did the other week that had a massive Make, gap? Oh, uh, the Delta maker. Yeah. This may be the, uh, the Delta Goodrum of the bunch. What was the other one? Oh, what was it? God damn it. Yeah, what was it? Tommy Boy maybe. Yeah, it's probably Tommy Boy. Probably. That makes sense. The, the critics' consensus on Rotten Tomatoes, even though Oscar bearers Nicolas Cage, Angelina Jolie, Robert Duvall come aboard for this project, the quality of Gone in 60 Seconds is disappointingly low, the plot is nonsensical, and even the promised car chase scenes are boring. That's, hmm. what's, that's what critics thought. Okay. What did we think? What did you think back in 2000, Gregory Carney? Uh, I think I liked this film. It was. I, I felt like it was a big movie of the year. I can't. It remember was massive details. I remember it being. I remember one of the, big ones. the ads on the sides of the buses. Oh, I spent yeah. a lot of time at bus stops in two thousand, mm-hmm. going to and from school and whatnot. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was there. Bus pack hitting you. Hitting me, um, like a lot. I saw it at the cinema. Yeah, that's for sure. Did you see it at the cinema? Let's go with yes. I think it was also the official arrival. Mm-hmm. Of Angelina Jolie for teenage boys as yep. a beb. She'd mm-hmm. been around. She'd been around. But not as a beb. Not as a beb. Like, oh, wait, she's a beb. Do you know the other thing for me from actually, let mm-hmm. talk about it. Um, everyone fell in love with Mustangs and the Shelby Mustangs. Fuck, that's a good point because Mustangs weren't big in Australia. Yeah, but I always loved them before this movie. I probably didn't. And you know what? This is probably the first time I heard of a Mustang. I got, I got it. I was annoyed by people like you walking around. <laughs> you have always liked them, you know. That's, a, that's well, I've never said that though either. <laughs> that's I'm true. not that interested. In it. No, that is fair. Um, others did. Others did because we didn't really. You couldn't really get Mustangs here readily. You'd have to import it or something. I think. Yeah, Whereas yeah. now you see more. more yeah, I about. think we're we're more open to the whole left-hand drive thing. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing. That that old thing. But yeah, I think I watched this at the cinema, and I'm pretty sure I enjoyed it. Like, mm. uh, yeah, it's fun. It was one of those movies that I think I would have put this in a similar bucket to a Con Air or something. Would have yeah. just gone, watched other movies, thought it was fun and moved on with my life. Uh-huh. I'd say as well, like, as I alluded to, I've never been a massive car person, but if I ever was, it was probably around this time because mm. my friends are starting to get cars and things. So it's a bit mm. more top of mind than it would otherwise be. So that part of it was kind of exciting. You know, people started driving to school and that kind of thing. 
Um, although ironically, I wouldn't get my license till about ten years later. <laughs> <laughs> You're the same, right? Oh yeah, yeah, longer. Both of us that we bonded over that when we first met. I think too. neither yeah. of us had our license. Yeah, it's fun, good times. Babs loved it. Catch the bus, babe. <laughs> oh, pick me up. Ah, yes, they all pick me up from yeah. my parents' house. Yeah, multiplier from my parents' house. <laughs> it's like in weekend at Bernie's. Oh, that's just my butler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lay yeah. out my soup for tomorrow. I'll, I'll lay you out. <laughs> well, that sounds funnier upon reflection. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> hey, should I get into the origin story? Yeah, 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 yeah. Origin story. This movie's a remake. Wow. I'd forgotten that. Mm. I'm sure I heard that along the line yeah. somewhere, but I'd forgotten that. The original was from 1974. Yeah. Written. Produced, directed by and starring H.B. Halicki. His friends call him Toby. Oh, yep. Apparently. To give you a sense of perhaps uh, some of the key differences between the original and the remake, why don't I play the trailer of the original? Oh, It's yeah. quite short and to the point. The great voiceover. This is Mainbrian Pace, number one car thief in America. He'll steal anything, anytime, as long as it's insured. I read my horoscope this morning. His front, insurance investigation. His business, stealing cars. And now he's got to fill the biggest contract yet. We're going to deliver over 40 cars to the docks by Saturday. That's a sad story. Should have listened. You can lock your car, but if he wants it, it's gone in 60 seconds. But 60 seconds is quite a while. Yeah, it's the plan. Things don't always go as planned, even for a pro. Etc. 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 Yeah. Can I make an observation? Yes. A lot more crashy. A lot more crashy. So, it famously had 40 <laughs> a 40 minute car chase scene. What? In which 93 cars were wrecked and or destroyed. That's half a movie. Yeah, and so they say that the rest of the movie is very B-movie-esque because it's very, very scrappy production. His friends and family as the actors and that kind of thing. But it was all about the action and it was that epic. It was 40 minutes, 93 cars wrecked and destroyed. It kind of climaxes with an iconic jump with Eleanor. 128 feet jump. Oh, yeah. Um, of which... H.B. Halicki did himself. He oh. did his own stunts. Toby. He compacted 10 vertebrae. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, that happened? that's all of them. <laughs> and he walked with a limp afterwards. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's... But he, he went all in with this shit, man. He he had a car yard, so I guess he had lots of stuff, trashable stuff, but he also, like, went to city auctions and bought old police cars and fire trucks and shit. And then recorded actual fire trucks going to a fire for other scenes and like all kinds of shit like that. It's it's like Tommy Wiseau with The Room, the disaster artist kind of shit, but it actually worked out in the end. <laughs> so this thing caught on as like a, as a cult movie. Yeah. It was a bit of a slow burn on the old home video market. It wasn't like, you know, opening the number one of the cinema or that kind of thing. But yep. the guy, H.B. Halicki, Toby, interesting fella. Sounds like it. Yeah. One of 13 kids mm-hmm. um, fell in love with cars quite early on, started working on them, started working on them as a teenager, eventually owning his own impounding business and junkyard, as I mentioned. 
funnily enough, was briefly in trouble with the law. The law. For being part of a car theft ring. Oh, semi-autobiographical. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately just a car-obsessed dude with a dream. And he went and fucking achieved it. Good on him. How fucking good. And you have this movie. Now eventually, as this thing became somewhat of a underground phenomenon, I suppose, um, they did plan to make a sequel. They began shooting in June of 1989 with his wife, Denise. Oh, that's quite a gap. Uh, they probably had to save money and shit too because I, mean, I don't know how much money he would have made off it. But, um, burn. but his new wife, Denise Halicki, and him, they were going to star in it together. He bought 400 cars <laughs> to destroy yes. in the film. Upping the ante from 98. More Eleanor's. More of everything. Mm, more everything. Um, but unfortunately there was a fucking disaster on set. Yeah. So just a few months into shooting, there was a stunt involving a water tower. Uh, something went wrong and it, it fell at the wrong time, hit a telegraph pole on the way down and that pole hit Toby dead instantly. Oh, what? Yeah. Toby? Yeah. His wife's right there. Oh, my goodness. Fuck. On the set of the film. On the set of the film. It's how fu- That's pretty fucked up, man. Yeah, that's harsh. And I think there were a lot of like legal shit after that too because I think they were so scrappy. I think they had insurance but there, there were some legal complications all this shit so his poor wife had to go through a lot. But um, Well, yeah, they had insurance but they didn't want to pay or something. Some, some weird thing. I think there was issues with what they were going to do with the footage they did have. Like I, maybe she wanted to do something with it. I'm not, I'm not sure. But basically they couldn't do anything with it. So, the, so this sequel slash reboot never happened. But the wife, Denise... Eliki kept the dream alive and eventually struck a deal with Disney and Jerry Bruckheimer ah. to, to reboot the thing they signed in 1995. Filming began in 1999. It's obviously more of a reimagining. Mm-hmm. Uh, the spirit is very similar. Um, they were still shooting for this very kind of real stunts and shit. Okay. Um, which we can get more into. But um, in terms of just rounding out... The, the, the people in the driver's seat, so to speak. Um, the director, Dominic Senna, he kind of rose to prominence in the music video uh, uh, We world. know that path. We do know that path. Um, he worked with Brian Adams, Janet Jackson, Sting. Mm. Fan of, big fan of his. Mm. Not familiar with a lot of his work, but. He's doing it. He's doing it. I respect that. A, a small movie that I've always heard of but never seen wow. Wow. called California. Oh, with, yeah, the uh, David Duchovny. Yeah, I never saw that in Bradley Pitts. Yeah, we've got to do that sometime. And he would go on to direct a film called Swordfish. Oh. Which sounds just about right, doesn't it? Of course that's the same guy. It just sounds just about, just about right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> <Yeah>. Mr. Senna. <laughs> that was an important S- film for teenagers. 25-year-old Greg. <laughs> it was only one year later. You're okay. Sweet. You're like 20 or something. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and a script by Scott Rosenberg, who also penned Con Air, High Fidelity, and most recently, Venom. Oh, watch that. The spotty record. <laughs> Venom's a bad movie, but highly enjoyable, I thought. It's mm. kind of fun. It's a good flight movie. Yeah, yeah, it's good at, at elevation. That's a good point. <laughs> it's when you're half asleep. Mm. It's a good half a sleeper. We've got a couple of Lazanics there. <laughs> <laughs> Fifth movie of the flight. Yeah. Um... Somehow they get a fucking stacked cast in this bad boy. Oh, you name yeah. an actor, they're probably in it. 
Yeah. Nicolas Cage, in it. Angelina Jolie, in it. Ding. Robert Duvall, in it. Robert Duvall. <laughs> I was thinking that time. <laughs> Delroy Lindo. Um, Giovanna Ribisi, Christina, oh, Christina, Christopher Eccleston, Doctor Who himself, Vinnie Jones, you know, as was the star at the time. <laughs> <laughs> he was inexplicably in every movie from oh. 98 to 2003, I think. He never, didn't even give him lines in this movie. <laughs> Scott, wisely. Scott Kahn, TJ Cross, who would never be heard from again. James Duval, unrelated, he's the budget Keanu. He is. Yeah, Timothy Oliphant. Yes. Who, funnily enough, was offered the role of Dominic Toretto in The Fast and the Furious and turned it down. Who's? Vin Diesel. Oh. He turned it down. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. It is interesting. Chi McBride as Danny Astricky and all the rest. Um, Master P, can't skip that one. And a very, very young early appearance of Michael Pena. As the guy that freaks out when they're chasing the dog. Oh, poo. yeah. Yeah. Oh, I barely noticed. <laughs> he was so young and not very good. But like char- cute. Like, oh, mm. it's probably his first movie. Hey, I just realised when we were talking about Romeo Must Die, mm. that's got Delroy Lindo in it too. Does it? I can't really remember that movie. He's in it. Oh, he right. was very busy around that time. Lots of movies. Anyway. Yeah. he's He's one of those guys just... He's in lots of shit. He's in a lot of films. You know what? And he was supposed to have a big year this year. Fucking snubbed. Everyone was like Oscar buzz for the Five Bloods film. I thought so. And he didn't got nothing. I was very surprised. That movie got nothing. That's weird. I think I got one nomination for one of the obscure it was like a, yeah, categories. Yeah, best editing underwater. Yeah, on Tuesday. Yeah, that kind of shit. That's some bullshit, isn't it? Mm, yeah. It is. Um, but you know they get these people together, smash a bunch of cars. Do they? Yeah, they sure do. Rap, rap party um, down at the old Viper room. Dodge Viper? The, hey, there it is. That's why they pay him the big bucks over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's play the trailer. Yeah, Tell yeah. me if there's something slightly different about this trailer, Greg Carney. Time it took you to buy your ticket. <laughs> minutes. Time it took you to get your popcorn. <laughs> 2.5 minutes. Time it took them. Well, let's go, let's go, go. To steal your car. car. Hello, ladies. 60 seconds. Move, 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 go. Hold To go old school. A day to shop, a day to prep. Surprise attack. Nice. A little trick I learned in the car thief retirement home. By the time the first car's reported stolen, your ship sets sail. We do this, we do it my way. <laughs> I was just a sucker for a redhead. Okay, let's run. 
First ever female voiceovers. Yes. Melissa Disney. Melissa Disney. What? That's her name. Right. That birth name? Apparently. Good for her. I d- tried to see if she's related. Any relation to Walt? I tried to look that up. She said, it said she claims to be a distant relative. That sounds like. To know. <laughs> sounds like. Well, she claims like a dismissive. Mm. Man. <laughs> Claims is a very dismissive word. Yeah. Good trailer, actually. Mm. I'd watch that again. Yeah. Clever. They're speaking to the audience. Yeah. In the theatre. Yeah, exactly. It's very contextually relevant. I can't beat that. It doesn't get as much into the plot, though. No. In that, Greg, that's where you can help us oh, out. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. It's nice to be able to add something to something. <laughs> And something is something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, Tristan, this is a heist movie. Son of a bitch, I'm in. A classic tale of a high-stakes heist. It's mm. a high-stakes heist. Mm. It's also a tale of kinsmanship, mm. of brotherly duty. Yeah. A tale of cat and mouse and mouse and cheese. Oh, layers. And dog. Where's the dog's probably there too. Well, the cars are the cheese. Oh, but the dog would be Raymond Salitri. Raymond, he'd be a dog. And the cat is Delroy Lindo. Oh. Yeah. And the mouse is Memphis. Memphis Reigns, number one booster, which is a car thief, <laughs> globally pound for pound. Yeah. Globally. Check the records. Yeah. Check the, check the leaderboard. He's sucked back into the underground world of car thievery after his incompetent little brother, Kip, played by Giovanni Rabrizi. <laughs> what? Rabisi. That's what I said. Oh, okay. What do you think I said? Rabrizi? Maybe I did, <laughs> but I certainly meant Rabisi. <laughs> Bungles a job for the new head honcho bad guy in town, Raymond Kalitri. Does mm. he sound scary? Yeah. He's meant to be, but he's not. Yeah. <laughs> he's not. Sounds like he's going to ask the speech of the manager. <laughs> Focus on his little wooden carvings. <laughs> Memphis will need to heist the heistiest heist that ever heisted. 50 cars in one night, mm. all whilst being closely monitored by the cop who couldn't catch him back in the day but really wants to now. Mm. So he brings together the posse. They all, they're all in. Yeah, inexplicably. They's, Inexplicably, they're all in, <laughs> including some girl he ditched, who was Angelina Jolie. Suspect she might have moved on, not moved on in six years, champ. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. And um, will they make it? <laughs> Nobody knows until the end. And they don't, but then they do. Yeah, there's some crashing and some fast-paced action. There's a lot of stuff in there. There's a lot going on. And it's a love story between a man and an automobile named Eleanor. Yeah. Well surmised. Thanks. And the first thing you said there, it's a heist movie, which is not really what I was expecting. I kind of forgot. Maybe I was less conscious of that as a genre at the Mm, time. Oh, definitely. But I was kind of, I, I kind of wanted to do this movie because of Fast and the Furious being the phenomenon that it is. I wanted to go back to... Mm. What I thought might be an ancestor, yeah. one that maybe doesn't get all the glory it deserves, one that 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 may be a worthy 
um, I don't know, the one before the one, you know? Mm, yeah, you know, so, well, Actually, before Fast and the Furious. There was. Gone in 60 seconds. That's the better, it's a better version. It's, a, it's, with it, it's got Fast more old people in it. It's a real ensemble. It's got Nicolas Cage. And I've got to tell you, Greg, re-watching this film was a crushing disappointment. Oh! Yeah. Probably the most disappointing rewatch we've done to date. That's partly, huge. Partly not the worst movie we've covered, but just based on my expectation. Interesting. Because we've done movies like this where it's a real delight where you realise, oh, that was good, like, or, or it's so bad it's good or it's it's just knows what it is and it's just a ham fest and it's like Con Air mm. is just fucking great. Mm. But this one... On paper, should be something like that, and to me, it ain't. Mm. Um, I found myself lining up with the critics. Yeah, I found myself quite confused in various parts, and I, we're talking. I, I did try. I was watching the lounge room first, and I found myself not really following what's happening. I'm like, sometimes the energy's not right. I'll save mm. it for the next mm. night, and then the next mm. night, I watched it in here in the in the studio with the bigger TV, the sound up, the lights down, all that kind of thing to really get immersed. And I still just like it's one of those things. It's a movie with Nicolas Cage and all these other people about stealing 50 cars. Could be many things. One thing that should not be is boring. And mm. fuck, I got so bored. Yeah. In the middle. Yeah. It's got the... Uh, Does flatline there for a BMS. while. BMS. Boggy middle syndrome. Yeah, bo- boring middle syndrome, ah. yeah. yeah. Um, it really suffers from that. And not just boring but just like a bit convoluted. And I mean not hard to follow in broad strokes but it's just like lots of stuff happens. But yep. it, there's not much... You're not really invested in any of it. Yeah. Um, but before I keep going, <laughs> before I keep rattling on, Greg, how are you watching for you? Hating. Yeah. Um, oh, look, it was okay. It grew on me. Right. It took a while. I think the ending was the best part. Like once it's Eleanor and that kind of thing, I thought it was yeah, a lot better. Yeah, the, the ending ending I didn't like. <laughs> that was, was very there fast was a and little, furious. There the was end. a little bit in between the halfway <laughs> and the ending and a little bit at the beginning that was okay. Wait, what was the ending ending you didn't like? Well, just like the showdown at the car yard. Oh, I thought you meant the barbecue at the end. I liked that. That was very Fast and Furious, La Familia type of thing. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> but you didn't like the old show. What do you mean? It's a showdown in some kind of fiery place. Yeah. It <laughs> it's just, great. I don't know. No. I could have done something else. Well, I think that's the thing. It's like all of these cliches. Mm. And again, I just said Con Air, full of cliches too, but those those cliches in a movie like Con Air were just full of this kitschy, wonderful energy and charisma. And yeah. Whereas here they were just there and it's like, yeah. Yeah. And I appreciated the depth of the cast. Yeah. But they're all just kind of there. Yeah, exactly. Like James Lena Jolie is barely in this movie. Yeah. She's in a handful she of scenes. She disappears for ages. And she just pops up and does a – well, but that's fascinating because as a kid – That she was like main. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even Nicolas Cage himself, he's the most boring he's ever been. There's, there's, there's nuggets in there There's though. nuggets like the – It's a bit of a tease. The thing that – I love these little Ferrari shop bit. Oh, God. <laughs> that's right. What did I've you say? <laughs> His, I've got money, I've got taste, I've been in this town for two months and I'm not on anyone's A-list. <laughs> that was the most bizarre thing. I was thinking <laughs> it's like it's, it doesn't make, it doesn't read, like it doesn't feel like it would actually convince anyone of anything. Oh, it feels like. It convinced me. <laughs> it 
It was like when Kramer and Seinfeld are looking at that, that apartment as Penny Packer and Snell or whatever, like just pretending to be rich people. It, it was it. like the same energy as that. Yeah, it was I did enjoy it though. That's the thing. If, if there was more of that, yeah, then it starts yeah. to tip, tip over into absurdity, greatness, that kind of shit. Mm. But um, there wasn't the, a lot of that. The bad guy as well didn't quite land for me. He, they either needed more of him because he's, again, he's barely in this. Is this a short movie? What's the running time on this thing? It's long, man, because when I went to watch the next part, when I watched it over two nights, I thought I've surely only got about half an hour left. Mm. It was still like yeah. an hour and 20 minutes Same, left. but it just felt – I did watch it over three sittings, which is never a good sign. Yeah. Um, and he's Doctor Who. He's a good actor. Yeah, he's, he's even a, said he's it, a thespian. He says he hates that movie and he was terrible in it. I bet he does. Yeah. But he, in his defence – he, oh, well, they didn't give him much to work with. He's barely in yeah. it, and he's but, not scary. He's but, comical. He gets upset. Nicholas Cage breaks his wooden chair, and he. I think this is the thing, though. Like, I'm going to keep comparing it to Conair because it's the same writer. Duval. It's a similar formula, where you get this ensemble like they're Robert Duval, Robert Duval, <laughs> James Khan's son, yeah, a Coppola. The you've, got, you've got version. like, <laughs> yeah, you you've got Godfather DNA in this in three different. Areas, and you've got like the the these kind of unexpected actors coming in for what should be a delightful cheese fest like Con Air, but there's none of the charisma. Like like I agree that it's like you didn't give him much to do, but also I thought these are the kinds of actors that would find things to do. Like even Cage himself, he doesn't. There's not really any. He does a little bit, a tiny bit. Mm. I did notice he has lovely eyes. I've never noticed them so much before. <laughs> I have noticed in doing um, piercing. a couple of movies from this era with him that he he has sort of been a handsome man at points. Yes. Yeah. I didn't realise. Yeah, because I think I was watching um, – I went down to Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, Greg's doing the the crazy faces. But he was at uh, – there was a point in time where he was kind of a bed. Yeah. Kind of. I thought he was uh, piercing, piercing eyes that saw right into me. Yeah, yeah, but um, I think like even chemistry wise, none of there was just no chemistry. Mm, yeah, all these people, a lot of these people are charismatic people. Typically, was it rushed? Giovanni Ribisi. Was it filmed in sixty seconds? <laughs> yeah, there it is, written in sixty seconds. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, Giovanni Ribisi was. He was kind of like the quirky, interesting actor of the time. Mm-hmm. He's not likable at all in this. He shaves at the end so you know he's cleaned <laughs> exactly. up Exactly. I was thinking that. I wrote a few points of like mm, symbolism. There was that. <laughs> he was clean shaven at the end because he's gone clean. <laughs> they had some heartbeat, boom, boom, in the music, boom, boom, symbolism. There was another one. Oh, he bought him a car at the end. Oh. Is, not, is that not the ultimate gesture? It's really closing the loop. Symbolism. But he's the least likable character. I get that Nick Cage has kind of got the brotherly obligation to help him, but no one else does. All these other people are putting everything on the line for this, this little douche. He steals a car in the beginning by throwing a rock through the window. Mm. He's terrible at he's this. juvenile. He gets caught. He fucked up big time. It's, it's not hard like he's... to believe he's the great Memphis Reigns' brother. <laughs> Memphis, Memphis would not have done that. Memphis Reigns. And at the end the bad guy says... Memphis rains or whatever it says, it never rains, it pours. Oh, no, he's English. He doesn't say it in that accent. But what does that even mean? There's, <laughs> there's wordplay but there's no meaning uh, to it. I miss that. <laughs> it says it like it's a, this, ha-ha, what a catchphrase. Well, it so pours weird. for them? What, what? Hang yeah, on. what does it mean? 
We'll again, never, again, we'll never know. I want to see like an extended cut of that scene where like one of his henchmen goes, "What?" I get you why he said rains because that's his last name, but what yeah, do you yeah. mean? I said <laughs> it never rains, it bowls. <laughs> yeah, that's a Guy Ritchie version I think that you did. Um, yeah. Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, I mean that's Scott this, Kahn. This film wouldn't have done much for Timothy Oliphant's stock. He's fucking boring as batshit in this. All and, these people are boring. Boring. Uh-huh. I like Delroy Lindo. Yeah, he was good. He, well, spoiler, he's my MVP because yeah. he was the only one that had a bit of something going on mm. where my, my attention was drawn. He piqued when he came your on interest. Screen. He piqued my interest. He, he was good. He was good. And, he was um, good. Well, there's probably a few other things I liked about it. The 2000s trendiness of it. Yeah. Almost something. Almost. There's just little bits though. So it's not quite time capsule territory. Not yet. Yeah, not yet, I guess. Um, I liked that there was some real action, like the real cars and shit. It was refreshing to see and on CGI kind of mm, stuff. I mm. think the actors did a lot of the real driving, that kind of thing. Yeah. I liked Giovanni Rubisi's hair. Oh, yeah. I really liked that. That's what I was going for in my lockdown grow out. Really? It just didn't work though. I'm glad it didn't. That was pretty greasy. Yeah, I like it. I like that hair. Yeah, right. Okay. I mean for not like full life but just as. Just for lockdown. As an experiment, yeah. (laughs) I wanted some nice nice greasy hair like that. (laughs) But mine turned into curls. Why didn't you put in grease? Mine turned into soul glow. Why didn't you put Vaseline in? (laughs) Just grease, ancient grease. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. As a nod. <laughs> As a nod. <laughs> Why'd you put engine grease in your hair? It's a nod. Oh, <laughs> gone in 60 seconds. <laughs> to, to Kip Rains from Gone in 60 oh, Seconds. Oh, to Kip Rains nod. Love that kid. <laughs> Let's save him. Let's put everything at risk. Angelina Jolie is out so much that she's working two jobs. Yeah. Comes but she'll go Kip. back in for this little dickhead. Yeah. Well, there might be a backstory. Well, maybe, but we don't see it. And there's no chemistry between her and Cage. No, that scene where they're talking auto parts to each other. <laughs> Twin cam shaft. Is like the worst. <laughs> That's arguably the worst love scene in a film of all time. And then what she say, something, something, pink underwear. But it's just very. That works. It's like what a 12-year-old would write that line. Like it's not real. It's weird. Certainly not in my experience. <laughs> it's so weird and it's one of those things But hey, too. I'm not the number one pound for pound car thief. That's true, that's true. And I'm conscious of when I was making my notes thinking about this movie and as I say it now, I know that in other movies I've probably said all oh, this stuff is great because it's like it turns into a, a fun romp, a fun little adventure. But it really just wasn't. Yeah. I didn't look at you disliked it more than me, I'm sensing. Really? I didn't. Like I've hated Films more than this, for sure. I, I think it's more just expectation versus rewatch. Like yeah. the, the the delta from my memory of this movie to the rewatch is the widest it's been, I think. Hey, um, there's probably some fairly dated racial stereotyping going on throughout the film. Oh, yeah? Yeah. About TJ? Yeah, TJ. The Mirror Man. Talking about black people can't swim and black people don't like the cold, all these things. Oh, what about the Asian female driver well, that can't drive? Yeah, that's the. I forgot about that. That's the main now. one. Yeah. She's like, it's. But the, not only do they do it once, they like do it about four four times. Is she pop up failing her 
Oh, Card test. Like, oh. Leave that one in <laughs> 2000. Oh, man. It was a little dated. <laughs> I, say. I was reading the Roger Ebert review. Ebert. He makes a good point. Um, he doesn't <laughs> – he quoted Fargo saying, I don't quite agree with the police work there. Um, basically <laughs> saying like, oh, we'll go – we'll wait for the Mustang. He's going to do that one last and then a couple of those. <laughs> Ebert points out that so you're going to catch him once he's already stolen 49 cars. You've prevented nothing. <laughs> oh, then you can pin it on him though. Yeah, I guess so. But meanwhile, 49 crimes have been committed. 49 cars. Yeah, fair. Yeah. I think that's the issue. There's too many cars. It's a lot of or, cars. Or they try and give too many of the cars too much airtime. There should have been a montage to knock over the first 40 or something and then make the last five to ten more interesting. As I reflect on it now, I can probably remember two of them. There was like the Hummer one with the snake. There weren't like oh, – yeah. but there should have been more interesting series of vignettes of how they tackled each car, each with a unique mm. scenario, mm. maybe a slightly different setting, different hijinks, you know, different interesting ch- different things. Different challenges. Different problem problem solving. Yeah. And it was just a bunch of stuff. I did notice Carol made me read the list to see if there was a car called Carol. Oh, yeah. There, there was. was. What was it? A 99 Escalade. <laughs> She's like, what's that? And I go, it's, a, it's like not a great one in comparison to the others. It's not bad. It's not a vintage anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what about the music in this one? It's an interesting little soundtrack. There's, there's some bangers in there. It does you, – do you know how I know this movie's from the year 2000? Why? Opens with a Moby song. Oh. I didn't even notice that, you know. Oh, I did. I was never a Moby man. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like many into that play album. Mm. That So that film – sorry, that album. Have you heard he's a vegan for life? Oh, Says it all over it's, his body. It's it's, <laughs> um, it's outlined lightly over his – his tattoos are some of the most aggressive tattoos known to man. Yeah. But that album. Yeah. Whoa, what an album. Did that one have the eh? Yeah. Yeah. So that – so it had 17 tracks on the on the A-sides. Well, All of them are were picked up by film, TV and ad people. The Kanye West of his day. Oh, big time. Yeah, right. So the story goes, So, well, I mean, in terms of films, there's like body shots. Any Given Sunday had like five Moby songs in it. That's unexpected. One day in September. Yeah, the right. beach is obviously synonymous with yeah. that. Boom, boom, boom there. Lara Croft, Ali, Born Identity, Blue Crush, the list goes on. X-Files, mm. 30 Rock. Like it's insane. Anyway, the story goes that he made this album and couldn't get it no radio station was wanting to play it. Right. Because, you know, it's all kind of semi-ambient electro stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he couldn't get any of the stations to play it, so then they started approaching film houses and ad execs and the like yeah. to go through that route. And then obviously that went gangbusters for him. Yeah. They all got signed up and then it started getting played on radio and bish bash bosh, rap party, I wonder how much, whatever he wants. I wonder how influential radio is now. Yeah, I mean, it definitely still have a role, but TikTok is massive for it now. Is it? For, for music discovery? Yeah. Well, I think it, I guess it works for new songs too, but old songs get back in the charts. Oh, yeah, like Dreams. Like Dreams. Um, and I think there's been and, a few others. But, fruit juices. And movies and shit, TV shows. Remember that, uh, remember that song? 
That Grey's Anatomy song, do you remember that? I remember I was pitch. I think we were pitching on Universal Music or something at the time and that was like the case study of how Chasing Cars, what's that song, Chasing oh, Cars? yeah, yeah, yeah. um If I lay here. Yeah. If I just Snow lay Patrol. here. Yeah. That song had been and gone and then once it was in that show, it went to the top of the charts, baby. And stayed there. Stayed there for the next 10 years. Thanks to Grey's Anatomy. So are you suggesting that Gone in 60 Seconds launched the career of Moby or was just part of the mix? It was part of the mix. I think if if anything they were kind of late. If anything it pulled it down slightly. Yeah. (laughs) As I said, this was a B-side. Oh, right. Okay. Um, That's probably why I'm not familiar I'd say like the beach was probably a little – Earlier in terms of the big films that were synonymous with that album. When did The Beach come out? 99. Like, oh, really? Yeah. That's pretty dated when you watch it though. Yeah. We should do that. I remember I, that being polarising critically at the time. It's pretty shit. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was kind of cool at the time just in terms of yeah, like and the that story. French chick. And the French babe. Francoise. Yeah, the French babe. Oh, dogs but, it in front of a boyfriend. What, what a man, Well, him too. They're both assholes. Yeah. The poor boyfriend, he seemed like a sweet guy. He was a good dude. I yeah. wouldn't have let Leo in. But you're going to let Leo anywhere near your girlfriend? Have you not heard of the pussy posse? First mistake. First mistake. Big mistake. So you can't be too sympathetic for that. Yeah. Right? And Leonardo DiCaprio cut his hair short for that one. That's quite a big deal. Mm, big deal. Big deal. <laughs> would you describe, would you say that, that Eleanor is almost the main character in this movie? <laughs> yes. That's so astute of you. <laughs> I would say you're right because it is. It's a trademarked <laughs> character in the movie. Wow. And I know this because yep. there's a YouTube channel. Have you heard about this? No. There's this poor old YouTube channel called B is for Build where these guys work on these car projects, like doing up old cars oh, yeah, and things. Cool. Like it's not a TV show, it's a YouTube channel, so relatively ordinary people getting a big following, but the ordinary people would be mega fans of this type of movie. In fact, they are mega fans because one of the projects they were doing was 67, 68, 67? Yeah. Um, 67 Mustang to make it look like Ellen, like doing the whole Eleanor makeover. That's cool. They get pretty far. They get a knock at the door. They get a knock at the door. It gets seized and all the videos get taken down. Oh, is it like do they, the lawyers from The Simpsons that we represent the <laughs> yeah. estate of Garner 60 Seconds <laughs> of Toby. Yeah, damn, what's his name? Ibiki, something like that. Yeah. i got a clip here that he talks about it. This poor guy, man. Going back a little over two months ago, we set out with the goal to take a 2015 Mustang GT, cut the entire body off of it, and put a 67 Mustang fastback body on there. And we we did a great job. We got the dimensionality all right. We got it all to work with each other. Uh, We were able to keep some really great features from the 2015, like the reverse camera, the backup sensors, the power door locks, air conditioning, all sorts of cool stuff that a 67 doesn't normally come with. Um, and it was great. And we had a running and driving 67 Mustang. So after that, when we moved on to the styling and the look of the car, we wanted to make it look like the uh, Eleanor from the movie Gone in 60 Seconds. And that's where we ran into an issue. I didn't know it at the time, but I recently found out that Eleanor, the car from the movie, is actually a copyrighted and trademarked um, character from that movie. And because of that, you can't go build an Eleanor without first getting a license for the Eleanor name um, and look and image as she appears in the Gone in 60 Seconds movie. 
And because of that, you will notice that the videos that we had previously filmed on that series are all gone. Um, the Mustang that we had built is now property of Gone in 60 Seconds, and the build, the Mustang build is, is over, it's done. Can't they just paint it a different color and get it back? That's some bullshit. What does that, that mean? The whole thing is so stupid. This is an, a part of your fandom. They're making this car because they love this movie. Can if you, you look at any movie or cultural product, like the fandoms are the things that keep it relevant and alive. You go to fucking Comic-Con and yeah. people the cosplay and stuff. Disney doesn't go and tear up their fucking costumes because they don't have a trademark on fucking that would be Iron weird. Man. That's weird. And to add to that, that's not going to see a, 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 a... He's not selling it. Not every man and his dog's going to watch that and go and build an Eleanor. Exactly. And lower the, lower the value if of anything, the it's going to make people want to watch the movie. It's an like, ad for the movie. Yeah. And it's not like, I mean, I call my barbecue Roxanne, but I haven't like registered that anywhere. Ooh, sh- <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like what is the- I've come to it, collect the barbecue. Just because he verbally called it Eleanor. Sting, oh, collecting nice. your barbecue. <laughs> but because he's verbally called it Eleanor, that just becomes a thing. It, they seize it. It's the property of the fucking- uh, The world is- It doesn't make any uh, it's sense. It's the Rockefellers. <laughs> But it doesn't make any sense. Carnegie's. Logically, doesn't make any sense. Who does it but go to? Legally, Disney? I don't even understand legally Is how it that Disney? works. Maybe it's the lady who did the voiceover came around. She's a distant relative. Maybe. Is it? I guess it's the property of Disney. It might be the wife. I don't know. Jerry? There were a lot of nasty comments on the – I watched a video interview with the wife. So many, That's how I heard about this. Mm. So many comments were talking about this situation. So I don't know if she's – directly involved or that's just the internet being mean. But, yeah. man, it's fucked up. How bad is that? Very You've got a corner of the internet that love your movie this much and they're still having a conversation about this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Them and us are the only ones talking about this movie. <laughs> Robert Duvall's certainly not. <laughs> How funny would it be? Imagine, like, you know, he passes away one day and at the um, Oscars when they do those clips of the farewells of people, they show a clip from this. <laughs> <laughs> Famously in Gone uh, in 60 Seconds. Uh, uh, you know, there was also a, a Gone in 60 Seconds gang that stole a bunch of cars. Nice. Like Fight Club? Yeah, like this movie inspired them, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Brazen Gone in 60 Seconds gang stole cars worth nearly $3 million. Pounds. Nice. They use sophisticated software to break into keyless Range Rovers, BMWs and Mercedes worth nearly. Now that's less than 60 seconds. Surely if it's software, they stole more than 120 vehicles, sir. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. In Life one, in one night? Um, nah. yeah, maybe. Who knows? For Raymond? Who's that? The English bad guy. Oh, yeah, Doctor Who. Doc- for Doctor Who. Yeah. Parked <laughs> him in the TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> The TARDIS would have a big parking lot. It would have a lot of room in there. Sorry, Seymour's barking in the background because Ara just came home and he loses his damn mind. Uh, It's a welcome bark. It's a welcome bark. But, yes, I guess you could say the lasting legacy of this film is... um, Country. Ruining the dreams of um, people that love this movie. Yeah. And um, inspiring real car thieves. (laughs) I would love to have seen that car. Yeah, right? All the mod cons. Isn't that terrible? Because that's the problem with the old classics sometimes is you don't 
get all the yeah. mod cons, what the silicon chips and such. I always think that I don't want to go back to a car that doesn't have the reverse mirror thing. And power steering the and camera. reverse yeah. mirror. I don't want to go back to one of those <laughs> steering wheelless cars. <laughs> you like the ones in the I Flintstones? Like, I like wheels. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not running them. <laughs> you mean a horse? <laughs> You're talking about a horse. <laughs> the reverse camera is what I meant, the reverse uh, camera. What's the cost of carrots this week? Have you seen, Um, was it, was it, um, Flight of the Concords where they make a music video in the reverse camera. can't remember. Probably Something, probably. maybe The Office. I can't remember. Anyway, should we get into the verdict? Yeah. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting Say what again. Say what again. I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. My overall thought on this one, Greg, uh, I think you can see where it's going. But this movie is sort of a cocktail of Ocean's Eleven. Mm, yes, yes. On air. Yes. Fast and the Furious. Oh, yeah. But without any of the magic. Ah. On paper, it's a, it's a bona fide hit. Even uh-huh. on trailer, it's a bona fide hit. On screen, it's uh, it's got a few moments. I'll give you that, but otherwise, it's pretty disappointing for me. And mm. I say I, this comes from a place of I was a fan, and it's hard for me to to accept that this is not doesn't hold up as much as I, as I hoped. Mm, yeah, fair enough. Um, and I thought that the mo- the biggest comparison point would be something like a Fast and the Furious, but it, it's more of a heist movie that happens to have cars. It doesn't really compare well to other heist movies. Like it's. It's not as fun. Not, I don't even love Ocean's Eleven, but it's certainly heist. not as fun as that. Yeah, um, Ocean's Eleven is better from memory. It's probably on par with Ocean's 12. Uh, maybe better than Ocean's 12. <laughs> Ocean's 7. Ocean's 13 wasn't too bad when they come back again. Yeah, that one was better. Ocean's 12 was terrible. terrible. Chris Manson's favourite movie. Of course it is. Oh, my Shut God. bitch. <laughs> what about you, Greg? Doesn't return my calls. Um <laughs> Yeah, look, uh, I'll be a, a, a slightly more diluted version of that. Mm. I think for the for the cast and the budget and all those kind of factors we talked about, it comes up short. Yeah, um, but I didn't mind it. Like I, uh, it was moments. I'd probably give it one and a half stars. I'd probably give it. Oh, I don't know, more than that. Yeah, maybe two, two and a half. A pass, and I guess the caveat for me is also I'm not a huge car person, so maybe if you're a if you're really into cars and there's more here for you, but I, it shouldn't have to stand. It can't stand on that alone. There wasn't that much cariness in it anyway. Yeah, outside it of was the more Shelby. Easter eggy, probably in terms of the cars. Yeah, outside of Eleanor and that kind of thing, and I thought that was cool that they kept Eleanor from the original and that kind of thing, and I like the spirit of it, trying to do the real action and that kind of stuff, but mm. it just doesn't all come together in the way that. It makes, it, makes it entertaining. It's quite dark. Yeah. Aesthetically. It very much so. Mm. <laughs> I think Too I th- much so. I think Abit said something like you, the sky is so brown or grey that you're like you're looking for the tornado. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, like okay. weird. <laughs> yeah. Like watch other things first. Definitely watch other things first. And I don't even love Fast and the Furious movies that much. Like I'll watch them or whatever, but I'm I'm not part of that community that just loves them. People just love them. Yeah. I think they're okay. They're fine or whatever. But I was, I honestly thought this would be way better. But those, those movies are 
beautiful works of art compared to this. <laughs> cheese. Yeah, yeah, good, nice cheese, nice pop mm. art, man. Mm. So it's not a rewatch for me. It's probably best left in the past. Um, recast is I didn't do. Nah, I didn't feel like it really needed. They, and they didn't give us enough to warrant us thinking about the what character, that character could be uh, because that's, how, that's the main thing too. It's a heist movie and the kind of the classic convention of a, of a heist movie is the getting the gang together and they all have such distinct personalities oh, and roles. That's what, yeah. But it didn't really happen. They it. do that well in Oceans. You know yeah. what each person's bringing. They kind they of half kind of all, it. There was a bunch of young guys who were dumb and there was a bunch of old guys who were smart. That was the dynamics yeah. of the group. And there was one guy that was a hacker for about 30 seconds but there wasn't. Oh, he's got to be. But there wasn't a distinct and it was very 2000 hacking where it's just like, yeah, I can just hack. I'm in the mainframe database. I'm in. I'm in. God is good. <laughs> uh, and what else sucked? Oh, I had something else. It's gone. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's the main thing. In a, in a heist movie about cars, the fun tropes of a heist movie they failed on in terms of getting the gang together oh. and then the cars they kind of failed on. And the, what, was there a twist? I was expecting Will Patton to double-cross them and go work for Kalitri. Yeah, this look oh, in the eyes yeah. the whole time he's about to double-cross them. There was, it could have been a bit more of a twisty twist. That's a good point. Will Patton's having a moment too. He's in, he's in Minari and he's really good. Oh, yeah. He's a great actor. I mean, they're all really good in that though, so I don't want to just never call out the one white guy in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know who's really good at that movie? I've never the heard of it. The white guy. Hmm? I've never heard of it. You have? I've heard of it. <laughs> I think you have. You would have. What are we doing next week? We don't know yet, do we? We do not. We'll do something. Oh, we'll do something. I think we're due for a lap pack number. Oh, we we just did one. What? Um, Tommy Boy. <laughs> He's big boned. I don't think it's lats. Oh, okay. Wings. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, enjoy your weekend, people. Yeah. Bye. Bye.